Hey everyone, we appreciate you listening. We'll get into the show in a bit, but just want to mention, go check out our Twitter page, at Midcourt Madness, for all of our show updates, as well as some breaking news tweets. Also, check out our website, where we post all of our writing at midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, it is freezing outside, which means we are inside, and we are going to deliver some hot takes, Biggs, right in time for Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. <laughs> All right, Biggs, let's get right into it here. Um, I know last Saturday had a monster slate of games, and I know... Justin texting you, you're kind of uh you're kind of changing the game on binge watching where most people binge watch, you know, Hulu, Netflix. You fall behind on college basketball games, record them and then rewatch them throughout the week. So, how is it like are you how are you progressing getting caught up with all of last Saturday's games? Oh, I got caught up. See the nice thing about the nice thing about recording, John, and I just I just re- I feel like I just discovered this, but other people have probably been doing this in silence, but you can watch you can watch a two hour basketball game or a four hour football game in less than half the time. Yeah, I don't have to watch all those annoying Burger King commercials. <laughs> I don't have to watch all the annoying Sonic commercials where the guy's the geography thing with his daughter or whatever, and he's just dreaming about having a a Sonic burger or whatever. I don't have to watch the commercial with uh, with Flo and her insurance team, you know, selling stuff with with John Hamm and their their little will they won't they going on. I don't know. I don't have to watch any of it. I can just fast forward and just watch nothing but content and the product. So here's my question. I when think you I actually kind of want to keep doing this. When you fast forward, so like whenever they come back from commercial break, there's always like a little fluff piece to before they actually inbound the ball and uh, continue on with the game. Yeah. Do you, do you fast forward till the inbounding portion? Or a quick example of like Ohio State, North Carolina played the other night, and there's one commercial break where they interviewed Roy Williams for like a couple minutes before – actually starting the game will you watch the stuff before the inbound or do you fast forward all the way to the inbound it truly depends on how far I, I sometimes i just get in the mode of like i fast forward so much that like once i stop fast forwarding you know if, if the if the inbound hasn't happened yet or if the game like if they're doing the fluff piece and i fast forward and i just i hit the remote you know and it's and it's and i happen to come back at the fluff piece i'll let it play out okay sometimes i'll just power right through it and it'll be right about the inbound time so you know, I don't, I don't, it's not like a scientific process there. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I don't feel like I miss much, though, if I happen to miss the fluff piece. I'll put it that way. Okay. Okay. So that was a new segment where we just discussed Biggs's uh, binge watching habits. So I might, and I might have to keep doing this because if you, uh, if you, if you didn't realize, uh, the college football playoff, of course, has to be on fucking New Year's Eve. Uh, people, I guess, make plans on New Year's Eve, which is um, annoying. Like you're saying, so other? I won't be able to watch. I won't be able to watch my beloved dogs. I will have to record whoa, that. Whoa, whoa! She's not allowing you to stay home for your team. No, not on New Year's Eve. There's plans, big stuff going yeah, on. God. Apparently, that I have to be at. So you're, that's you're fine. coming to I'll Fargo, look. right? You're coming. Uh, you're you're surprising us. Oh, if okay. only. Okay. I will. Right. Uh, I will. I will have to record the game, and I will have to avoid all social media, and uh, and watch it the next day, which is fine. I, I totally won't text you at all. Any results? Good, because you probably yeah. won't watch the game anyway. Probably not. 
Uh, let's see. So let's get into some of the results here. And I'm just going to roll off a few of them. Um, we have Houston beating Virginia, 69-61. High scoring for those two teams, by the way. Um, Gonzaga beating Bama, 100-90. Arizona beating Tennessee, 75-70. Kansas blowing out Indiana, 84-62. UCLA over Kentucky, 63-53. And then not – this one isn't like both teams being as highly ranked as the other ones I just rolled off, but it was a good game. Uh, North Carolina beat Ohio State, 89-84 in overtime. So – now that you're all caught up. Oh, actually, one more result, Biggs. Uh, our Vikings pulling off the biggest comeback in NFL history and winning in overtime, 39-36. So, obviously, the Vikings are your favorite game from all that. But outside of that, like, what's like your biggest takeaway from last Saturday's slate, which I know you're very excited for? Well, Brandon Valley also lost to uh, Sioux Falls Roosevelt in a oh boy. Uh, in something of a barn burner. We, we uh, the, the fell behind by about 25, got pressed, and uh, – and almost made the furious comeback. Got it within, I think, four. Uh, couldn't quite get all the way back. Just dug ourselves too big a hole. So, so uh, from when you're down, freshman B team continues their undefeated role. Though they got the win. So, boom. That when was you were down by 25, what point of the game was that at? We were down 25, probably a couple minutes into the third quarter. We were down, I think, 23 at half. Got down 25 early in the third, and then started chipping away. Okay. They go quarters here in South Dakota. It's eight minute quarters. So that's what North Dakota does. Except for Class A does um, eighteen minute halves. I want to say random that's numbers. Minnesota, that's what Minnesota always did was was yeah. halves. So yeah. we we do quarters here, and uh, I don't know if I don't really like it, but you know whatever. I'm, you know, I don't understand why it's different. It's just like isn't uh, women's college basketball uh, like ten they, minute quarters? I think they do quarters. Yeah, yeah. I think you're it's right. It's weird. Like why why does it have to be different? It's all those TV timeouts for those high school class B teams, you know. True, true. It's the extra. It's the extra TV inventory. You get all those commercials going. Makes sense. I don't know what game was the biggest takeaway. I watched all of them, and I think my biggest takeaway. I mean, I got little takeaways from I guess all of them, but I still think I think Houston is. I know they have a loss. They lost to Alabama, but I still think they're as, uh, maybe the best team in the country, aside from UConn. Maybe it's UConn and Houston to me. Okay. Um, you know, taking Virginia down at Virginia is impressive. And and I think Virginia is starting to show a little bit of um, – Water finding its level? Maybe a little bit. I think Reese Beekman is not 100%. He's been hurt now for like the last three or four games. And, and you can tell like there's a big time – their offense just does not look quite as good right now with him not being healthy. They're playing they're playing a couple of those freshmen a little more and that's probably a good thing from like a long-term sustainability standpoint like you know eventually those freshmen will get better and and I don't know if they would play quite as much if if that wasn't the case but but if Beekman isn't I mean early in the year he was awesome. He had like 20 in their win over Michigan. He was terrific against uh was it Illinois? He was great against Baylor, and and the last few games he's just been kind of a non-factor. And and when you're a non-factor, when you're that good, when you're a non-factor, you're actually like a negative factor. You know what I mean? Like I hate when they say like good players when they're non-factors. Like no, 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 no. If, if a good player wasn't a factor, that means they were a negative factor. You know what I mean? Well, I feel like that does make sense. Just like how we have negative weather right now. Right. It's not. It's yeah. not. It's not non-weather. Yeah. It's, it's negative weather. It's god awful. But I love it because it gives me an excuse to sit inside and 
well, watch college basketball, even though there's no games on right now. If I wasn't a homeowner, I'd love it a little more. But the f- problem is when you're a homeowner, you have to go clear off your driveway in this shit. Yeah, it's not great. I've got just I've just got ice caked on the bottom of my uh, driveway right now. It's a lot of drifting. It's very frustrating, but yeah. Oh well. But no. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway? My biggest takeaway, Biggs. Um, I think that we thought that Kansas was going to take a step back, um, kind of rightfully so, because they lost a lot of talent from a year ago. Um, but they've picked right off where. Picked up from where they left off a year ago with new players. Um, Grady Dick has been amazing. I mean, I shouldn't say amazing. 15 points per game. Jalen Wilson is kind of, I think we kind of talked about, like, could Jalen Wilson be, like, you know, this year's Oshai Abaji to where they just take that leap in their final year? Or maybe it's not in their final year, but. And, you know, take over the race. And he's averaging 21-9. and nine. Um, And then, you know, we talked about Indiana possibly being the tops in the Big Ten. And then Kansas just comes in and destroys them by 22. So, you know, I'm kind of buying into this Kansas team. Um, now, we're really going to see how good they are in the next few weeks here. Big 12 play will will uh, kick in very soon here. Their lone loss, and granted, it was a double-digit loss to Tennessee. Um, that's their only one so far. So I'm kind of buying into this Kansas team. Yeah, they look good. I mean... You're right. They they crushed Indiana, and it wasn't like that. wasn't like a ten point game. Indiana's hanging around for a while, and then Kansas kind of stretches it out and wins. You know, not all twenty two point wins look the same. Not all tell not all ten point wins look the same. But I mean, it felt like from the tip, Kansas was just the far superior team. I mean, it it took them very little time to like build that lead into double figures. Indiana just, I didn't spend a second of that game thinking Indiana might have a chance here. Like Kansas just outclassed them in every way, yeah. and. Yeah, you can you can make the you can make that uh, Kansas does look really really good. You're right; they have they have good depth. They're getting a good they're getting really good production out of their freshmen. Um, you're right. Uh, Wilson has has taken a jump. Dewan Harris, I think, maybe is the best pure point guard in America. I mean, he's awesome. He had like ten points and like ten assists, and he's just hey, he's Dewan just a Wilson defensively. Not Dewan Wilson. What's his yeah, name? Dewan Harris. 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 He's he's terrific. Um, you know, McCuller is another guy who just he he's like a perfect glue piece for that team. Like he fit just perfectly. And we knew that was going to happen. Like he was going to be a great fit. But now you see it. I mean, he's a he's a really good fit as a just a two way. He guards people. He can score a little bit. Doesn't need the ball in his hands a lot, but he can make plays. Um, they just have a lot of pieces that just kind of fit nicely and. You know, they're kind of weird because they're like their big guy is, you know, they don't have a lot of great size. They've just got like a lot of, what do they go? Probably six foot. And then it's like four, six, seven guys, you know? So like, they're not, they're not small, but they don't have like your typical, you know, Kansas always seems to have like a, like a big lumbering big man. They usually have one. Yeah. And and they don't really, they have their, their freshman off the bench, uh, Uday or whatever his name is, is is like that and he'll eventually probably be a pretty darn good player but but right now it's more mobility and and switchability and it's it's working at a high level though i mean they just they kind of punked indiana yep and um yeah like like you said they normally had that guy last year as mccormick um they've had like mitch lightfoot is this still mitch lightfoot oh he's not <laughs> Maybe uh, he's been or he was around. Yeah, I know. I I could remember if this is like his COVID year, like his fifth year. It must have been last he's year. He's gone. Um, but you know that's probably maybe my only only concern is yeah if they come across a team like say a Purdue, like how would they defend against Zach Eady? You know, which how 
no one's defending Zach Eady, but you get my point. Like a, a big guy, maybe not that big. How will they do defending someone like that? Yeah, and, and you thought like, hey, Indiana's probably got an advantage inside. Trace Jackson Davis yeah. and and Race Thompson and Renew and, and that whole front line. And they passed that test. I mean, they, they dominated them. Trace Jackson Davis was like a complete negative factor in that game. He didn't do anything. So I don't know. I just, I tend to think this can't, yeah, you're right. I'm kind of buying this Kansas team too. And I'm really looking forward to once big 12 play starts, because I think the big 12 is, is the best league in the country. You've got a, uh, you know, three or four really, really good teams in that, in that conference where I think there should be good games pretty much every week. So yeah, good, good, good call on that. And then try to see if I have any other takeaways. Another game I didn't list off um, in those few games that I listed off earlier, but um, just because it wasn't you know close one, but you know kind of fits uh, what we talked about last week with UConn. They get another win last week, eighteen point victory over Butler. Who Butler is a good team, not an amazing team, but an eighteen point victory over them. Actually, no, my math is off. Twenty two point victory. Um, and also since then on Tuesday of this week, they won by 11 over Georgetown. So their streak of double digit victories is continuing on. They are 13 and 0 in double digit games this year, and they just continue to roll. Is this going to win or let's, we should do like the, when is UConn going to maybe not even suffer their first loss, but when are they going to suffer their first win by less than 10 points? <laughs> I was, I thought about, <laughs> cause yeah, like. Podcasts will do that with the like the last undefeated team or the last couple of fear. Okay, when are they going to lose? Let's yeah. let's change let's change the game here, Biggs. When uh, are they going to win by single digits only? I'm going to guess New Year's Eve, Biggs. Actually, it won't be on the eve though. It'll be New Year's morning or New Year's Eve morning. They play Xavier on the road at 11 a.m. Now, those those very early games can be tough to get up for a little bit. And Xavier is a good team, and it's on the road. So I think those three factors, they're going to win, but by six. Okay, okay. I like that. I do like that Xavier team a lot. They uh, they are they are definitely, like, really fun to watch. They would definitely rank pretty high in my college basketball league pass ratings, which eventually I'll put together a list. We'll have to do that for maybe a later pod, but um, yep. I haven't prepped that well enough. But they would be on it. I will say... I will say they close that one. I, I say they beat Xavier by 11. I will okay. say they beat Providence a few days later. The Magic runs out on January 4th at Providence. Two road games in a row. Jan 4. That is what? That's like a Thursday. Wednesday. 7.30 tip time. Wednesday. That's a Wednesday. That's tough. I think they that's only win that one by like five. That's kind of God's day too. So exactly. So, why are they even playing that night? So karma is going to bite them in the butt. Well, and, and Providence, the Friars, like there is, uh, you know, that is a, yeah, maybe God will, maybe God will guide Providence to only a four or five point loss. <laughs> they will luck into a four or five point loss. Yeah, their luck, their luck rating is uh, is one sixty nine right now. So just so you Fine. know, water finding its level. Uh, Jeff Jeff Goodman would be proud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure that just gives him lots of joy. <laughs> uh let's see i see uh there's a common theme in three of the other games i talked about um three of them are pac-12 teams that won ucla over kentucky arizona over tennessee and gonzaga over bama um anything you got from those yeah maybe west coast basketball is back yeah and like pac-12 like you know they're not the greatest this year but like 
at the top, they are actually very good. I think UCLA is very good and Arizona is very good. When does New Mexico get to be considered a, a Pac-12 team? Whenever you want. Because they're undefeated. We make the rule. So it's only West Coast teams that are good become Pac-12 teams. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so all it is is an effort to raise the floor or the ceiling or both. Both, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm looking like Albuquerque, not that far away from the coast. Speaking of New Mexico, did you ever watch Breaking Bad? Yeah. Great show. Good show, no doubt. I've heard I've heard Battle Carl Saul is even better. I tried it. I watched like two seasons. I, I couldn't catch on. Couldn't catch ca- I'm also st- I'm also stupid though, so don't take my word for it. Okay. I'll have to I'm stupid as well, so I mean <laughs> maybe that's I'll probably struggle to keep up with it then. <laughs> we'll see. I've been watching too I got I got too much going on, just too many sports to watch. So right now it's not a great time for, for shows. Are you but, nervous to have to go back to work in two weeks? I, I am, you know, I, I haven't even, I've been trying to avoid it just because I know it's inevitable that I'm going to have to go back to work and that does stress me out a great deal. You know, being on break is sometimes more, it does more harm than good. Like it, it doesn't recharge the battery. I feel like it just, you know how your car, like sometimes if it just goes unused, it doesn't just start up again. You need to like actually jump it. Like the battery just dies, not from use, but just from non-use. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, I feel like that's like me after, after I come back from a break, everyone's like, Oh yeah, I bet you use the break to really recharge your batteries. Right. It's like, no, no, I need to jump. My battery died. <laughs> so they come out with the, like, what, what are those things? What are those things called in the hospital where they're like clear and they put it on your stomach? Yeah. What are, yeah, what are like those a, called? Like a, like a, what are those called? I, I can't think of not defibrillate. Is it defibrillate? Defibrillators. Defibrillators. Wow. Defri- defibrillators. Defib- defibrillators. No. Whatever. That's the I most. What you mean? Yeah, they smack them together. It's like, <laughs> yeah, and they, and then the, and then the guys like actually alive, and they just pop up and they're like angry. That's yeah. what happened in Scrubs. <laughs> Talk about Let's a uh. Show. Okay, we can't do a Pac-12 update because someone else has that word. Let's do a status of the Pac-12. Um, Arizona State. I you know I was kind of get, getting to that point, but I think didn't they lose by like thirty to someone the other night? They lost by thirty-seven to uh, to San Francisco. San Francisco, and that's not with Jamari Bowie. Twelve team. True, and coming up, they've got Arizona coming up. Um, we're gonna see if they're actually good or not. Which I'm gonna guess they're not. Arizona State. Yeah, Arizona yeah, State. My guess is they're we'll, not. We'll play it Arizona. Is, yeah, it's coming up on it's coming up on conference season, and that's generally where Bobby Hurley has had like. That's been his undoing. He, yeah. They do this. He's done this, I think, like four out of the last five or six years where Arizona State just rolls. They kick ass in the non-conference. They had like two years in a row where they beat Kansas. When Kansas was ranked number one, Arizona State was like awesome. And then they would get into conference play and just completely fall apart. And so um, maybe the fall apart happened a little earlier because they just got absolutely wrecked by a nice San Francisco team, but not one that should be beating Arizona State by 40, you know. Yeah. And I was looking at the Pac-12 standings here, looking for Arizona. I'm like, where the hell are they? They're right in the middle because they actually have a conference loss. Do you yeah. know they lost to Utah? I did. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, Utah Utah's good? been Utah's been okay. Okay. Pac-12 is trending up. Oh yeah, that's right. 
It's because they have a North Dakota in there. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what do you what do you make of Arizona? I mean, I know they're not they're they're one and one in the conference, but what do you think about them? I mean, it's it's like how much do you put on that Utah loss? Like, is it just a blip on the radar? Um, fifteen point loss on the road. Um, also, I don't understand the like ACC has been doing this recently, where it's like they have like a couple of random conference games early in December, and then they go continue on with their non-con and then come back to conference games. I don't understand that, but yeah, a lot of, lot of, a lot of programs do that. I think the big 10 has done that a little bit. What's that's the, just what's, a, that's just a college basketball thing now. I don't get the reason. Like why not? Why can't I just do all the non-con and then have a, like a divider there? And then you do your conference. Why? Cause it gives me like, it, it's like a reset for me. It gives me like, it, I like to like put stuff in sections. And so, yeah, I don't know. That's just how I am. Okay. Fair enough. I actually kind of like it. I like I like mixing it up a little bit. I, I don't I like uh, extending that non-conference. Sometimes it's a nice break to get away from conference play. Like that's what I love about that mid-season SEC Big Twelve. Like there's like a Saturday in the middle of like February where Kansas will play Kentucky and like Baylor will play uh, Florida, you know, or something like that. And like it's kind of a nice little break from always seeing the same. The conference matchups I think sometimes bore me a little bit because I'm like ah I don't know. I see these twice a year, every single year. I kind of like the obscure, random, non-conference matchups. I, I think those are sometimes they get me going a little more even than 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 the good conference matchups. But but uh, that's okay. That's a you know that's what makes this pod so perfect is like that we have different takes and varying opinions and and you know usually I'm right, but sometimes you're right. We're accepting of other opinions. That's right. That you're, that you're always as long wrong. as they're the same as ours. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, I like this Arizona team a lot. Um, I don't think they'll trip up too much in conference play this year. Um, probably, I'd say they'll have three conference losses when it's all said and done. Um, very talented up front. We talked about it. They might be the best front court in the country. And then, yeah, I think you know, the guards are good enough. And then I think I feel like they have enough depth. They have six guys averaging at least 20 minutes per game and then an, an additional three averaging double digit minutes per game. So that's nine guys, a solid rotation. So, you know, they can withstand someone getting in a little foul trouble early on in the game. So uh, I don't know. I'm ex- I think this team's good. I'm not sure. Like, do you think they're better than last year? Or do you think last year had a little more firepower with like Matherin? Yeah, I think – I mean, last year's team was awfully good. What did they lose? Two games last year, three games, something like that? I mean, they were they were something else. They were, like, going into the tournament, everybody had pretty much – they were, like, the trendy win-it-all team, right? I mean, people were really, really high. I mean, they were, they were really good. I don't know if they're quite that good. Um – God, I think Tubelis though is better. I mean, Tubelis this year is so much better than he was last year. I don't think they have a guard anywhere near as good as what Matherin was. No, and I'm I, not they, even. I'm not even sure they have a guard as good as what Terry was last year. Their guards are kind of like the equivalent of like a running back by committee in the NFL. It's just a guard by committee. They don't have like the superstar guard. It's just three that are good. Yeah, they're just they're fine. They're yeah. fine and. I worry that they they can potentially lose them games with some dumb shots eventually. 
you know, Ramey, Ramey wants to shoot a lot. And like, sometimes he's, when he's hitting, it's like, damn, this guy is perfect here. And sometimes like, I don't know, maybe a little less you and maybe throw it to those giant guys. Cause they're pretty darn good. Yeah. You know, and we've, we've talked about Creesa. I, I, I'm whatever. He's not, I don't, I don't like him very much. He's okay. I think I'm disappointed in the early start. Disappoint is a strong word. I guess I thought Pele Larson would give them more. He hasn't. He hasn't been. He hasn't taken maybe the jump I thought he would. Um, he's, he's averaging like ten a game, and you know, a couple rebounds, a couple assists. He's not shooting it real well, so maybe his his percentages will start coming up as the season goes along, and and his numbers will go up. But he's just kind of fit. He's a nice piece. I thought he would be more of a catalyst, but. Tubelis, I guess, has been has been even better, I guess, than I thought. I thought he was in for a big year, but he's just he's a force. Him and him and Balo inside are just it's impressive how how good they are. And like they don't they they don't have like everybody's obsessed nowadays with with having spacing and you need everybody everybody has to be able to shoot. And if and if not every single player can shoot, you don't have any spacing. It's like nobody ever nobody played nobody watched basketball back when when nobody could shoot and they somehow made it work. Like people People can make it work without everybody being able to shoot. And these two guys are not perimeter shooters, but they still just find a way to they 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 break the the new kind of basketball mold of everybody has to be able to shoot the ball with with their I don't know how they do it, but they're just they're dominant. Those two guys. I mean, they're they average like forty and twenty between the two of them. And just you wonder in the Pac twelve who can who can match up with that. There's just not a lot of teams, I don't think, that have the kind of size and let alone skilled size to match up with them. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I just think they're going to have the best guys on the floor more often than not. I would put that over under, I think, what'd you say, three losses in conference? Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm I'm probably right around there with you. Two and a half would be like where I'd put the over under and yep. I'd probably take the over by three, but, or by, by you know, I'd take three, but they're they look awesome to me. They they're another team. They're just kind of really fun to watch. They're really fun to watch because of the the way they get up and down and move the ball and and pound you. But um, I, I was impressed. But then that that that's you know UCLA looks awfully good too. They took it to Kentucky uh, last Saturday, and I mean they've just they absolutely took it to uh, talk about a nice little week. I mean they they beat Maryland by like thirty points, and then they go and they smoke Kentucky. So. What do you make of UCLA? I actually just I was gonna whenever I got the mic back, I was gonna toss over UCLA, but you just gave me a segue. So thank you for that. That was a Yeah, segue. I was like dribbling around, I was dribbling uh, around, I was dribbling around looking for my shot, and I'm like, you know what? No, here, lay up, John, take yeah. it. Great, great podcasting on your part. Um but no, UCLA has been good. Um two top twenty five victories, you just mentioned them, Maryland, Kentucky. Um their low on blips are Illinois and Baylor, which both single-digit losses, nothing to scoff at at all. Um, did it? Did anyone anticipate both Jalen Clark and David Singleton being double-digit scorers this year? Not Singleton. I, I mean, Jalen Clark was a popular breakout pick. Right. I thought he was going to be a, a, a guy for them, and not not to this degree. What's the average? Like sixteen a game. I mean, he's he's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, but you're right. They they have those two guys have been probably better than expected. The freshmen probably haven't been as good as expected, but those two those two upperclassmen have been have been terrific. Yeah, because you know your boy Jaime Hawke is obviously leading the pack there, seventeen. Um, He's awesome, and I think everyone expected Tiger Campbell to be that second leading scorer. 
Um, he's down at third, and then you know a, a team that you know has had you know Tyre Campbell and Jaime Hawkins are guys who are on that Final Four team, so everyone knows what they're going to get with those guys. But we just didn't know with the rest of the guys what we we're going to get. And Jalen Clark and David Singleton have stepped up big time, and yeah, if they can get more out of Bailey and Bona, um, don't even know then like this would be a scary team. And Bailey's been playing better here lately. He started the year like in those in those games against Illinois and Baylor. I mean, he was like a complete zero. Like he gave them he gave them nothing. Like he was like not even shooting at that point. He would play a lot, but he just wouldn't. He was just a he was just like a warm body out there. And and he's been he's been picking it up a little bit here lately. So, you know, that's something. I still worry like long term about just their lack of not only just like the lack of a true big, like Bona is, he's okay. Um, you know, he's a big, strong physical presence. And, and I guess maybe that's, maybe that's fine. I mean, they just took on, they just took on Kentucky with, with a ton of size and had no problems, but they're just, they're kind of small all the way around. You know I mean? Like Campbell's not a big guard. And, and you saw that kind of manifest when they played Illinois earlier in the year. Like I thought, I thought he wore down against the bigger Illinois guards and, you know, Clark is is like six four, six five. Singleton's like six four. Hawkes is even. I mean, he's like a four man for them, but he's only like six six or six seven. You know what I mean? Like he's not like a like a big imposing guy. Like when they play but, against against Arizona, they have a hard time matching up with Tabellis. Yeah, but it's also not new having Hawkes at the four. Like that's where he's been. You know, the past couple of years, he has, he yeah. has. But they've had, but they've had like six 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 seven type of wings around them. They're smaller everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And they don't have a big center like what they had the last few years with with Cody Riley or Miles Johnson. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's I'm nitpicking because they're ranked in the top fifteen. They they look really really good. They look like the team that we thought they would be. They look every bit capable of of being a Final Four team, a team that contends in the Pac-12, probably wins the Pac-12, maybe. Um, I guess I'm just thinking from like at the very highest of the levels here, what could be the thing that hurts them. I still come back to maybe that lack of size, but yeah, they're awesome. I think, uh, I think when, whenever I edit this podcast and um, release it, I think the title is going to be the PAC 12 pod because I feel like the amount of time we talked about the PAC 12 on this show has been greater than any other show combined. This probably causes you physical pain. No, it's only talking about Virginia that causes me physical pain. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I got my Virginia two cents in earlier. So, um, let's see. That kind of gets us through the majority of those Saturday games. I know there's been some happenings um, this week, earlier this week. Uh, I've got a couple ACC games of notes that took place um, on Tuesday. Both uh, Miami beat Virginia, um, 66-64. Miami is looking good. Like. Some could say they might at this point they might be the top team in the ACC, and then also this. I would not be one of those people that says that. You wouldn't be. No. You still Vatek? Who you got? Are are you still going with with Virginia? I would still say Virginia, but Miami does look good. Yeah, they do look very good. Um, And then also, you say they're the best team in the ACC. It's too early to tell. At this point, yes. Oh, wow. Okay. So you are yeah. one of those people that you speak I am to. one of those people. Some people, a.k.a. me, would say that Miami is the best team <laughs> in the conference. All right. All right. All right. And and the nation. Whoa. 
what what if they tur- what if they turn into like the U football teams from back in the day where it's just like they're all like hyping up the crowd and shit and like people are like getting up in arms and they have like Ray Lewis on defense yeah and, you like, remember, you, you remember have you seen that thirty for thirty no but I know their defenses back in the day were just absolutely stupid loaded yeah yeah so what if they just like turn on that and take on that personality but in basketball form. Jim, I just, I would love it because Jim Laranega is like the ultimate grandpa of all grandpa coaches and like him just being that guy would, that would give me life. Yeah. I would like it a lot. <laughs> uh, but no, they are 12 and one so far and actually are first in the ACC according to the standing series. So I am right. They are the best right now. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, their biggest win, definitely that game against Virginia. Um, did lose to Maryland early on, so that's that's a bit of a blip there. But, no, they have been looking very good. In addition, earlier this week, uh, Duke loses to Wake Forest uh, by 11. Really struggled that game. Um, and, like, you know, you talked earlier about how not all 22-point losses are the same. Well, not all 11-point losses are the same either, to where sometimes it's just a situation where in the final minutes you're down by, like, three, and then teams just keep shooting foul shots. Well, Duke was down by double digits for the majority of this game. Um, so they definitely struggled that game. Um, do you have any takeaways from the ACC games this week? I didn't get eyes on that Duke-Wake Forest one, to be honest with you. I saw, I did see that it was in the double-digit range, though, most of the second half. And I like that Wake Forest team. I think they're going to be – I don't think they're going to be like uh, – they'll never be ranked. I don't think they'll ever show up in like a rankings. So if that's the way you, you think a team is good, then the Wake Forest will never be good. But – I think they're going to be frisky all year in the ACC, and I would not be surprised if they're just kind of in like that that middle tier. I think there's like a lane there now with with Florida State not being very good, Notre Dame's not very good. Like those two teams were teams that we kind of penciled into like that four, five, six range of the league. I think there's room for like them and for maybe Virginia Tech to kind of come in there and and be kind of second tier ACC clubs. So. I like that Wake Forest team, and, and Tyree Appleby was the transfer who I think he lit up Duke, didn't he? Have, he had like thirty, didn't he? I, I see his averaging eighteen. Which was this because he came from Florida. Was it last year or this year that he came from? It's this year. Okay, so this is his first year at Wake. Yeah, um, third school. Yeah, he, he was at Cleveland State, then Florida, yeah. and now he's at Wake, and he's, he's having a career. Increased his production by seven points per game since last yeah. year. So he is off to a very good start for them. Um, I know last year, like this was a team that kind of had a disappointing finish, um, and then in addition, they lose their top two guys in Alondis Williams and Jake Laravia. So they've been able to get him going. Um, Cameron Hildreth, I, I, I've never heard that name before Tuesday night, but I was watching him play. He seems like a good player. Was he there last year? Yeah, he was like a role guy last year, I think. Okay, yeah, just kind of like a big guard. Like he's got a lot of size to him, so he's a good player for them too. Sure. I want to make a Duke. I just. I have watched Duke a handful of times because, you know, ESPN shoves them down our throats. And I can't, for the life of me, figure out how, I mean, their record, they've lost now a handful of games, but, like, their record's still good. I don't know how they win as much as they, I don't think they're very good. No, I don't think so either. And I don't understand it. I think the reason why, I think we had this impression going in that they were going to be good because they have all these highly rated recruits. And I wouldn't have known until you told me that like Derek Lively was a like a Tyson Chandler type, to where I shouldn't be expecting a ton of points out of him. And that was he doesn't even play. He was hurt. He, he didn't exactly. miss that Wake Forest game because he was sick or something. But like he's just a he's a zero. 
But like, it's like going in and remember when we did our ACC preview and we were doing our freshman of the year picks? We said like we're not going to pick Derek Lively because that's kind of the obvious pick. Yeah. That? The and number now it's one like, ranked recruit in the country. Yeah. He just and came he's, on the floor. They're getting nothing out of him. And so had I known that like, obviously this is going to be the result of your number one recruits, I wouldn't have picked them to be very high. And, but yet they still find they're still like ten and three or something. So I mean, it's not like they're it's not like they're a dud team. I, it, they're just weird. Like Ryan. But what, what's like what's their nice most player. impressive victory right now? Ohio State, Xavier, they, probably Iowa. Uh, where's Xavier? Yeah, they, they won by. As far as like power conference victories, they've they've beaten Iowa, Boston College, blah, Ohio State, Xavier, Oregon State. Like you have to like really search to find those quality quality wins. Whereas they don't their have losses. Them. Like they had opportunities against you know Kansas. They had an opportunity to get a very high quality win. They lost. Had an opportunity against Purdue. They lost by nineteen. And so it's like you really have to search for those quality wins. Yeah. And granted, and then- it's thirteen games in the season. They still have more chances, but like that non conference opportunity is over now. You're right, and the ACC is not. It's not shaping up like it's. It's not a. It's not as bad as it was last year, but it's not great. And so, I don't know. They just look, they just look like not good. You know, I know that team here. What two or three years ago was god awful. I don't remember who they even had on that team. That might have been like when Roach. Was J- 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 yeah, Jalen Johnson when he quit or okay, yeah, uh, opt- opted out towards the end of the year. Sorry, he and, didn't quit. And they're just they just kind of look limited to me. Like their freshman. I mean, like the only one that really looks like a dude is Filipowski. You know, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if as the year goes on, he starts wearing out because of the way he plays. And, like, he just kind of looks like a guy who just – he has a hot motor, you know. And I don't I don't know. Like, Roach, I don't think, has taken really the next step. He has a few – he has a game or two where he, where he looks good, but he's not he's not that consistent. You know, Proctor, everybody was hyped up about him, and he's a reclass kid. So, like, you know, the expectations probably shouldn't be super high, but he's okay, but he's nothing special. You know, uh, Grandison is just kind of, I don't know. He's just another dude. I have a question. I have a question about Roach. Because these two guards would have came in the same year, and I believe the other one would have also been recruited by Duke, but ended up going to the rival. Who would you rather have, Caleb Love or Jeremy Roach? Interesting question, right? Yeah, probably love. Even though I can't, st- I can't stand Caleb Love, but I'd probably rather have him just because you've seen like the high end of high end is, mm-hmm. is you know he can, he can take over a game. I haven't seen Jeremy Roach's high end be be nearly that high. Now his lows aren't as bad because he probably just right. knows when to stop fucking shooting, can't make a shot. <laughs> but uh, I guess you miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take," said That's Wayne true. Gretzky and Michael Scott. We'll get off. No, just an interesting question I had with those two guards. So you can get back to your whatever point you're making about Duke being awful. I, I really like when you make those points. They suck. They're terrible. Okay. John Trier is a crap coach. We need to keep him in Durham for the next 30 years. I hope He's so. Gonna drive here's, them right into mediocrity. Here's a random. Here's another random question. Uh, obviously, Duke and Carolina both have had new head coaches come on recently. Um, Hubie must outpace Shire by 20 years. As far as age, so like the general idea would be that Hubert Davis would be done coaching before John Shire. Now, is Hubert Davis that old? He's got because John Shire is what thirty five, maybe. Yeah, is Hubert fifty five? No way. 
So John Shire is 35. Yep. Hubert Davis. Hubert Davis is. Yeah, right. 52. 52. So 17 years. Now, my question is. A listed weight of 183 just cannot be accurate. <laughs> is there any chance Hubert Davis stays on as a North Carolina coach longer than John Shire stays on as a Duke head coach? Uh, no. So you don't think it'll be a situation where five years down the road they're burning him at the stake? I don't think so. Okay. They have another monster recruiting class coming in next year. And generally when we talk about these recruiting classes, we probably overhype them as as case in point by this Duke class. But Duke's been bringing in loaded recruiting classes for the last like 10 years and they've had like two bad ones. Mm-hmm. Generally, most of the time when you bring in top-rated freshmen, they're usually pretty good. You know? True. So – I, I just generally think if, if John Shire is going to continue recruiting at the level that that he has in the first two years, more often than not, Duke will be pretty darn good, um, which is why we need to really, really enjoy when they're not. I mean, they're and, and that's the thing is like this team sucks, but they're also pretty good. <laughs> you know, it's one of those where they're not they're overrated because Duke is always going to be overrated, but right. they're not like a they're not like an atrocity. God, I hope they become one, though. I hope so, too. I really do. I hope, like, obviously like, the flip side of that is the rivalry isn't what it is anymore if they become awful, but I'd be okay with that. We'll have yeah, I mean, the rivalry's rivalry. dead. We killed, we killed the rivalry. Yeah, you we killed Coach K. K. We killed him. He came back to life in the form of the Final Four, Coach K, and we – I mean, John Shire's predecessor, and we killed him again. Yeah. Yeah. So, I nothing, Duke, but I also hope they suck. Uh, let's see. So we go to, uh, we can talk about the Big East a little bit. We already talked about UConn. Um, I actually have a couple more notes here. I'm not sure what you have on your list. Um, Creighton continues to struggle and Marquette continues to impress. Anything to add? Yeah. Creighton, I think is like, they're breaking, I think they're breaking the eye test and Ken Palm alike. They're seven and six. Here are their Ken Palm metric rankings. 36th on offense, 28th on defense. Gary Parrish just arrived. Um, yeah, no, he he just got aroused. Like, <laughs> whoa, whoa, Ken Palm, what? <laughs> Top twenty-five and a one. They're third. They're thirty-sixth in offense, twenty-eighth in defense. Those are those are solid rankings, right? Nope. But they're seven and six. They're almost a five hundred team. So like, who, like cares about, who cares about all the Ken Palm rankings, right? And, and then the same thing with the eye test. I would say Creighton, when I watch them, it's like, God, this team is just, they're fun to watch. They play a beautiful style. They pass and they cut. Like That's just something that gets me, like, I just enjoy watching. They're aesthetically pleasing. And yet you look up at the scoreboard and it's like, oh, my God. They're losing by 17 to Marquette right now. Yeah. Like, they're just, they make no sense. And... I, I told you I told you the other night, like I, I was watching them against Marquette and Marquette just kind of systematically just kind of kicked their ass. And I was like, I think I'm just done with Creighton for a while. I need a break. They were ranked in the top ten. I thought they were gonna be good. They lost Arizona. Okay, I think Creighton's gonna be good. Then they got upset by Nebraska. Oh well, you know, it's just one loss. I still think Creighton's gonna be really good. Then they lost to somebody else. Then they lost to Arizona State. Then they lost to Marquette. And they're just kind of getting handled by some of these teams. And it's like, all right, you know what? Maybe Creighton just isn't that good. Maybe they should be, and they're just not. I think best case scenario, they're um, extremely inconsistent. Um, You know what they they might be? They might be like a nine seed that goes and they lose to Kansas in a close game in the second round of the tournament. True. Or an an eight seed that beats the defending national champion 
team who was a one seed, but like, like they win it, like they're up by like twenty eight at halftime or in the second half, and then one of their best players gets ejected for a bullshit call, and then it goes in overtime, and but then they like recover and win in overtime. I don't know if they've got I don't know if they've got guards that shoot that much though. True, that's a good point. <laughs> Um, but no, like they start off six and zero, including wins against Texas Tech and Arkansas. So we're thinking, oh, this is like they're kind of like satisfying what we said about them going into the year, right? Yeah. And they seem to lose six in a row. Two of those are against Arizona and Texas, so it's like you can't hold that over them, and they're you know close games. But then they proceed to lose to BYU, Arizona State. It's like okay, that and that's really what launched Arizona State into us being like, oh, are they good? And then San Francisco was like. Oh, yeah. and Nebraska they lost to, too. Yeah. Nebraska. Um, they had that game against Marquette, which they lose by 11, but, like, the game wasn't that close. No. And then they actually did get a recent win over Butler by 22. So, it's like, now it's like, oh, they're back on track. So, um, next couple games, DePaul, Seton Hall, and then UConn on January 7th. Um, I'm going to call that the game where we find out about Creighton. And what will we find out? That they're capable of losing by 15, just like every other team in the country at UConn? I'm going to guess, because that's at UConn. They're going to lose by double digits. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're just another team, maybe. Yep. Um, and then the other team in the Big East, uh, Marquette. Um, yeah, they, they look they look good. They look legit. Yeah, they look they uh, let's see. They just lost to Providence here the other yep. night. Um, I think the Big East is kind of like – it's kind of Big Tenny in that there's just like – there's one – there's one awesome team in UConn, and then the rest of them, I feel like any one of them can win on any given night. You know what I mean? But not against the number one team. Not against UConn. But everybody else, like number two through like number nine, could probably beat anybody. Like Providence can beat Xavier. Xavier can go and beat Marquette. Marquette can go beat Creighton. Creighton can beat Butler. We might have like the, the Big East wheel thing. If we just remove UConn from the wheel, you might already have it. Like all these yeah. teams are, are kind of even. My prediction is that parity wheel will be completed if and only if UConn loses. And it'll no matter if they lose lose no matter what, at that point it's completed. Like like we're just gonna be sitting on that parity wheel, be like, oh, we only need this one thing, and it's gonna take forever. But once it happens, that's when the parity wheel will be complete. We'll be just we'll be waiting for UConn. Yep. I can see that. I can see that. Yep. Uh don't look now. Villanova, I think, has won five games in a row. I've heard because is Whitmore back? He is. I've heard they've been a lot better since they got him back. Yep. Now, no, no, none of their five team. wins are particularly like, whoa, that's a that's a good team they just beat. They beat St. John's, and I think St. John's is one of those Big East teams that's just kind of okay, right? They'll they'll win enough games where you can't completely just <clears throat> count them out, but they won't win enough games where you're like, wow, take them seriously. But um, Cam Whitmore is back. He's averaging about a dozen points a game. Um, I would assume that he'll just continue to get better and better as the as the thing goes along here. Mark Armstrong, their other highly rated freshman, his numbers aren't jumping off the page, but in their last four or five games, he has also, I think, seen kind of an uptick in production. So if their two freshmen are starting to kind of come along here and run their race a little bit, that makes Villanova a lot more interesting. Eric Dixon and Caleb Daniels are just kind of steadying presences, but I don't think either of those guys need to like are good enough to be like – they should probably not be your best player. If Cam Whitmore can kind of grow back into being like the team's best player, like he probably was supposed to be, I, I think maybe Villanova is back in like the, we have to pay attention to them again. 
you know, maybe like after they lost to Oregon in like the Elton, the Elton, the Elton, that tournament where they went 0 three, you're just kind of like, you know what? Take a year off Villanova. Like you just figure yourself out and we'll just, we're going to, we're going to come back to you next year. Maybe, uh, maybe not so fast. And they're going to have an opportunity here to sort of continue that streak. They have on the road against UConn um, on the 28th here. So, you know, Tough sledding. I know. Um, probably, might be like the worst possible time to have that game just because like they're finally getting back on track. And then they have to play possibly the best team in the country. Um, but we'll kind of see where they're at. And then next Saturday, the 31st, New Year's Eve, uh, they play uh, Marquette at home. So I think that's kind of the one I'm sort of looking forward to seeing where they're at. Um, but no, conference play is heating up here, Biggs. Um, it is. So yeah, that's all the notes I have, Biggs. What do you have? Do you have anything else? Um, we kind of went conference by conference there. I kind of like that. Yeah, that was a nice little. That was a nice little run there. I was gonna hate on the Big Ten. Go on. If we were gonna do, if we're gonna do some conference by conference things, like the Big Ten, it feels like is a, has been a roller coaster. And we and we talked about some of these teams, right? Indiana got. Handled by Kansas. They got kind of handled by Arizona the previous week. And I think it just came out Xavier Johnson is out indefinitely with a foot injury. So uh, the vibes aren't great in Indiana right now. Iowa was a 31-point favorite the other night, and they lost. I saw saw some stat where it's like it's the largest – how do I say this? From like what the spread was to what the – underdog won by it's like the largest spread because like they won by like nine yeah it's like a 40 point swing yeah exactly so it's the largest in like betting history or something like that which so le- not- legal betting's very new still so maybe that like you have to take that with a grain of salt a little bit that's probably not great i'm guessing the francon uh the francon twitter was was really getting after on that one because did you see, the, did you see a- the fran face yeah he always has his, his big red face <laughs> I feel like it used to be even redder too. Like I think he's gotten more measured in like his older age. Like four or five years ago, that man's face from the tip was like an apple. <laughs> um, Illinois, they might. Well, oh, I, I have something to say. When you, whenever you say uh, yelling at the clouds, I just envision Fran's face. He's just out there. He's just pissed right now at the clouds. Yeah. Except, is there clouds? I I, I just assuming it's a, just there's a, nothing but clouds. Like it's just a. It's, it's like just a wall. Up. It's just a wall of snow, direct ten feet above the ground. Yeah, that could be the case. It's so yeah. windy here. Same. I'd I'd heard in like Montana a couple nights ago, it was like negative seventy with wind chill. That's pretty terrible. It yeah. was like negative, I think, in the thirties and negative forties in here, but negative seventies. Uh, that's another level. Yeah. That'll just burn your skin off. Yeah, not good. Anyways, Big Ten. Uh, Illinois. That, that's it. Okay, perfect. They're bad. <laughs> Who did they get blown out by the other night? Last night? Was it last night? Last night they played Mizzou. M- that's right. I texted you about that. Yes. Yeah. They, they lost to Penn State, which it's funny. I think um, we, we had a segment a couple weeks ago about like not buying dot, dot, dot yet. I believe I said Illinois and more specifically TJ Shannon because at that point he was uh, like shooting 80%. Yeah, I said I don't think that's very sustainable. So I win that. You do. He's still averaging like twenty a game, though. Is it? Is he? Yeah. No one else is doing anything for them, though. <laughs> Although I don't know if Shannon. I don't even know if Shannon is as good as the points per game suggest. You know, like I, I think there's. 
he might just be out here just trying to get buckets and not doing a whole lot else. Well, you know, I see they're eight and four now. Um, some not so good losses in there too. So trouble, trouble times in uh, whatever town Illinois is in. Champaign. Champaign, Illinois. Yeah. Won't be popping any on New Year's. No, Mar- they have not. nothing to celebrate. Uh, Maryland got ranked and then they got beat by Tennessee. They were getting destroyed, and they made a strong comeback to, to only lose by a little bit to Tennessee. And then they lost to UCLA by, we talked about that one, uh, a lot. Uh, Michigan, they're like the Upper Peninsula version of Florida. Like, I feel like they just, they they every good team they've played, they lose to. Like, they're just not that good. They just lost one the other night on Tuesday, too. You see that? Or Wednesday. Indeed. Is that Wednesday? Indeed. Yeah. Hunter Dickinson is just kind of a, I don't know. Does he always get into scuffles? Another good big guy. Like, he just doesn't do anything. Like, he got into a couple scuffles against North Carolina. And, like, I don't want to be, like, reactionary because I don't watch a ton of his games. But is he always that way? Always what? He's just kind of an instigator. Like, he just. Yeah, exactly. Like, like an angry face. How we talk about Jeremy Sohan. I think he's just kind of an edgy fella. Yeah. Well, there's one point where, where, like, Caleb Love is on the ground on the baseline and, like, and it's like uh, Hunter Dickens not standing directly over him, but he's like standing next to him. And then he kind of like he doesn't like kick him, but he like lifts up his leg in that motion for no reason. And it's like, what are you doing? He's just doing everything that most North Carolina fans want to do to Caleb Love. So <laughs> that probably makes sense. Maybe I should just live vicariously through Hunter Dickinson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, John, you can go over your left shoulder. He can't. That's true. That's true. Um, and then Jalen Llewellyn done for the year, their point guard. I don't know if we covered that one in the, and that's not like a recent thing. That was a couple of weeks ago, but that hurts them. I feel like they don't have, like, I like, uh, who's the guard now that who's the guard that they've got. That's, that's pretty good. The, uh, Buffkin, he's having a nice little, Kobe. he's having a nice little season. He had a really good game here the other night against UNC, but they just don't have a lot after that. They have like four guys who produce for them and, Doug, D-U-G, like Doug McDaniel, their freshman guard, is I think going to be okay, but they just don't have like a – they just don't have a lot of – like a parachute, a lot of depth anymore. And so, I don't know. Michigan doesn't look like as good as uh, as good as I thought they were going to be. Whenever I see a name spelled like that, it makes me wonder if it was just like originally spelt wrong on a birth certificate and they just went with it. Yeah, and they just – they were like, fine, screw it. Yeah. Like, like when Chandler gets called Toby for the first, like, few years at, at his job in Friends. And he just never corrects anybody, so they just exactly. keep calling him Toby. Yeah, exactly. I don't watch Friends. Um, other Big Ten teams. Ohio State looks promising. Like, they've got some nice freshmen. I feel like they're our UT Willie team, though. Like, I feel like they're just kind of a – they're going to hang around. They're going to be okay. But – Hit the throttle. They're going to be like what Creighton was. They're going to be like an eight seed. They'll lose in the second round, and then we'll be like rank them in the top five next year. Yep. They're okay. Purdue looks good. They do look very good. If you were to put, if you were to pick the number one seeds right now, who would you pick? One seeds. Yes. I love doing this in December. Yeah, I mean that's different than I think the teams that I think are the four best, Mm -hmm. but. Your one seeds would probably be, obviously, UConn. They're undefeated. Yep. Uh, Purdue. Yep. Wins over Duke and Gonzaga. That looks good on a on a on a resume. Um, would you put Arizona in there? Probably. 
And then Houston, maybe? You got to put Houston in there. Yeah, probably. I was going to say, what's Alabama? Alabama's got two losses, but they beat Houston. Yeah, probably probably Arizona or Kansas. Well, they didn't let a two-loss Alabama team in the college football playoffs, so we can't let them into our t- top four. Yeah, but their recruiting rankings are always really high. That's true. And uh, NATO, it says a lot of funny stuff. You know you know what? It, it hit me. <laughs> it hit me the other day when I was watching Bama against Gonzaga. In this world of coaches just getting more and more casual, Nate Oates does wear a sport coat. So you're on him again. All right, not. I think that him, just. I think. Yeah. I think that needs to be said. Nate okay. Oates still wears. A, he rocks the sport coat. Okay. And generally, okay. it's kind of an interesting looking, like it's like a checkered kind of sport coat, or he's got like a fun. I'm back. Yeah, I think I'm back on Nate Oates. The sport coat got me. I'm a sucker for the sport coat. He wears one. I think this man deserves respect. He might not be the best coach out there, but I think the man deserves respect. I do think last year there was some weird voodoo voodoo bullshit with him uh, with him hating on Coach K the year before. Coach K magic last year impacted Bama in a negative way, and it's obviously clear that that Bama is back now. Well, John Shai's predecessor clearly paid off the refs to f over at Bama after he said all that stuff. Exactly, and and you yeah. saw it last year. Bama was the team that they were supposed to be good, and they weren't. The year before they were awesome. He said that shit about Coach K. But last year in Coach K's last year, he's pulling in all the favors, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. one of them was Nate Oates cannot enjoy success when it's my season. Yep. All right. Do you have and anything else? Really again. Yeah, they're good. All right. What else you got? Uh, let's see. Nick Smith out indefinitely again. Knee That's injury. big. Arkansas. That sucks. Because he was oh, out at the start of the year, like, right? He was. And, and now then is Trevor, that the same Trevor knee? Brazil is out for the year too. Is that the same knee from the beginning of the year injury? Uh, I don't know. Either way, it's bad. Just generally knee injury is not a good thing. So what's this mean for Arkansas going forward? They're not going to have him, obviously. They're not going to have him or Brazil. Brazil yeah. was, was awesome in that, in that Maui tournament, especially. I mean, he looked terrific. He tore his ACL and he's done for the year. So uh, knees, not, uh, not a good thing for Arkansas right now. I still think they'll be okay, but you just you got to think like, man, the hype was probably real with that team early in the year, and they look good in Maui without Nick Smith, and you're probably thinking like, man, once we get this kid back, we're going to be like pedal to the metal, let's go. Yep. Um, and you lose our you know two of your top three guys now for a while. I mean, who knows? I, I guess I don't know. When I hear indefinitely, though, I guess I just <laughs> think like that's not great. So it's one of those where he's going to be a high draft pick. Well, 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 well. indefinitely is only one game. It's going to shut it down. Indefinitely is just one game, Biggs. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Generally, um, if you have any class, though, indefinitely is more than one game. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, no, Alabama, clearly, I'd say tops in the SEC. Can we agree on that? I think so, yeah. Head and shoulders, tops above the SEC. I wouldn't go that far. Um, tops, yeah, but Kentucky doesn't look great right now. Tennessee looks fine, but they just kind of look like what they have been, which is really good defensively, and they're just going to have stinkers sometimes offensively. Yeah, I, I still think those teams are good enough, though, to, to, to stay in the mix. I would put Alabama as my favorite, not a heavy favorite. 
Because Alabama is also capable of just, like, losing some stupid games. Always. You know, yeah. So, well, I will say this. I have a I have a little list of, like, disappointing teams. And, like, under the radar disappointing. Like, we've, we've litigated enough on Kentucky not being that good and UNC being disappointing and, and some of those other teams. Uh, they have back-to-back bad. wins against Big Ten teams, so. That's, well, they were ranked number one, so we expect them to, to beat those teams. <laughs> but here are some of the other disappointing teams. Texas A&M, they are ranked in the preseason. They're 6-5. and five. They good. have no good wins. They have pathetic losses. Tyrese Radford has not been uh, the guy that I thought he would be. He's not been very good. Dexter Dennis has kind of taken a step back. The transfer from Wichita and Manny Obaseki, uh, I thought was a sophomore breakout guy. He's averaging like seven a game. So I'm bummed. Buzz Williams. Get your shit together. St. Louis, eight and five. They beat they beat Memphis like the first week of the season, and I was like, okay, let's go Billikens. Um, they're eight and five. Gibson Jimerson, a guy that I think you would like if you watch them play. He's like a six six kind of shooting guard who can who can just rain from three, right? He averages 0.3 assists per game. I think we have found a man that passes less than KD Johnson. <laughs> I was just about to ask, are you going to start doing that stat, like uh, shot attempts versus assists? I might have to. I might have to with Gibson Jimerson. Actually, you know, to be honest with you, I haven't done a KD Johnson shot Gibson doesn't really give some assists. You know? No, he gives nothing. Yuri <laughs> 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 um, Collins is averaging like 10 assists a game, so he does all the giving for them. Um, so but the other it doesn't have to then. Yeah, the other the other guy though that hasn't really taken a step up, and this is I guess predictably is is Javante Perkins, who missed all of last year with an injury. You know, I think a lot of people just kind of assumed that he was just going to come right back in and just kick ass right away, and he's just he, he's okay. He averages like twelve a game. His shooting percentages aren't great, so I guess the other side of that is maybe you can be hopeful that they can turn it around. There's still room for them to kind of grow as Perkins gets a little better. But, I don't know, 8-5. and five, They kind of bum me out. Um, and then the other one that I had was Notre Dame. I know you were really high on them. I was I was fairly high on them. We thought they would be like maybe the third or fourth best team in the ACC. Uh, John, they just lost to Florida State. That's not a good thing. Yeah, maybe I was too high on them. Um, I let... I've noticed I get very high on field goal percentage and three-point percentage people, um, which I, I did for Notre Dame, which you yep. think would be a good idea. I still can't come up with a reason to not get high on that, those two things. Uh, we, we This is a shot-making sport, Biggs. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Shots I've lead to that. points, which lead to victories. So I still can't I, – I can't get off that take where I, I'm just going to look for field goal percentages, but – it's just you not should look at field goal percentage for the opposing team because it's also probably even higher. It could be. I forgot about the defense aspect of it. So maybe that's where I need to weigh their defensive numbers with their field goal percentage numbers. Would that be better? Maybe. I mean, for, okay. for them, it, it absolutely would because uh, I'm going to reference Ken Palm again here. GP. They rank, they rank 244th in adjusted defense. That's not very good. 244th. You cut that number in half and it's still bad. <laughs> like that's uh that's damning now okay what if they start playing good defense though then if if they start playing good defense if caleb love stops shooting all the time if the minnesota vikings start like playing good defense if 
Um, if it's, candies and nuts were no, if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we would all have a merry Christmas, as they say. Okay. Um, it's kind of like what I say with golf. Um, it's a very simple sp- sport. You know, what do you think about it? All you have to do is put a ball in a hole. It's simple, not easy. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right, KD Johnson, John. I know you've been waiting for this all all year. Seventeen assists. Maybe they've had what 12, 13, 14 games in eleven games. Seventeen assists. Okay, that's one and a half per game. About. Yep. Hashtag math. Go on. Eighty-seven shot attempts. What's so uh? A, oh, okay. One to five. Okay, so let's uh. What's Yuri Collins' stats? I want I want a good comparison. Uh, let me find it. He says so. Seventy-five. You said, wait, how many field? 75 or 85, I think you said. 87 shot attempts. So 87 divided by 17. Yeah, so a little five point one one one. And then Yuri Collins, he has... He has 135 shot attempts. 135, okay. <laughs> He's got more assists, doesn't he? He has 134 assists. That's uh, 1.007. So, Yuri uh, Collins, ball hog. More shot attempts than assists. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That is so bad. 87 to 17 is honestly a better ratio than I was expecting, though. Let's, let, let's, let's continue this update, but like, let's continue to compare the two. Yeah, the two, the dichotomy of, of yeah, I'm going to have to come up with a bit for this, but yeah, I like I it. Okay, okay. All right, Biggs, it's lunchtime. I got to go eat some. Um, That sounds good. Yeah, let's get out of here. Um, This is uh, the 23rd, so Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas to you as well, Biggs. Happy holidays to all. Yeah. Yeah, we can't say Christmas because it could be like Hanukkah, so we're we're, we're probably already canceled. Maybe. Um, Yeah, so uh, let's get out of here. Enjoy your holidays. Be safe. Um, See you at some point. Bye.